I will say this before we get to our reporter. I did see Larry Summers on CNN this morning, and he was he's a Democrat economist, but he was more than willing to call out all those other bills as inflationary. He was warning the White House, this is going to make inflation worse. He says this is going to help with inflation. So Right. Well, and there was the big chip bill as well to discuss this. Uh, my gosh, what a day. Sarah Westwood, investigative reporter for the Washington Examiner, joins us. Sarah, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I can only assume that somebody bought Joe Manchin a yacht. Is that how he changed his mind, or do we do we have any idea how that came about? It's completely unclear how it came about. The when of it is certainly, almost certainly, earlier than yesterday afternoon. I mean, I think Republicans were really burned by the timing of his announcement that he was going to back this deal, because if you remember, Mitch McConnell said, we are not going to offer support for the semiconductor bill, the chips bill that you guys mentioned, Unless you guys, you know, agree not to move forward on a reconciliation bill that does all this stuff, fund climate change, you know, that the Democrats have been wanting. And he held up that bill until he was pretty sure that Build Back Better or some version of it was dead. Then he lent his support to it. And just a few hours later, Manchin and Schumer come out and say they have a reconciliation deal. So I think Republicans feel really burned right now by that bait and switch. And it's why House Republicans are saying... Well, you may have tricked us in the Senate, but we're not going to support it in the House, and they are whipping against the chips bill now. Oh, wow. 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 Hmm. Even though the Republicans like the chips bill, they're just using it as a bargaining chip, if you'll pardon the use of the word chips too many times. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I'm enjoying some Pringles. Well, that is kind of, from, from a, yeah, that's interesting from a drama standpoint, because I saw the headlines middle of the day that, uh, before the, we're on the, I'm on the, the, the we're broadcasting the show as centered on the West Coast, so it was middle of the day for me, that the whole new Build Back Better pared down thing was dead. I saw the headlines that that was dead. And then all of a sudden, just like Tony Dow the other day, was not dead briefly. Um, we were following that story. Oh, but so, so, so some shenanigans or lying? or is it, How upset are the Republicans about this? Republicans are pretty upset. I mean, they definitely feel like there was deception involved in, in the way the details of the new Democratic Reconciliation Bill came out. And it almost certainly was the case that Manchin and Schumer didn't magically arrive at this conclusion hours after the chips bill passed it's clear this deal probably came together in the days or even weeks before chips advanced out of the senate and then it was announced it's also not clear what part of this bill would be you know anti-inflationary i mean it's subsidies for green energy it's subsidies for solar panels and electric cars it's tax increases on businesses so it's not clear where democrats are really getting this idea that it's going to fight inflation, and it's really bad timing for them to float, you know, more than $350 billion worth of government spending at the same time that we're getting these GDP numbers that suggest to all sentient economists that the economy is now in a recession on top of the inflation that we're experiencing. So can you, uh, we've skipped to the politics, and the politics are, are really interesting, actually, this time. But uh, what is in this gigantic $433 billion bill, just the quick uh, drive-by? Well, the part that Democrats seem most excited about is a lot of the climate change um, uh, Measures that are in this bill, obviously, like I mentioned, there's subsidies for electric vehicles, for solar panel production, for transitioning more towards clean energy. There's some new 
uh, carbon emission regulations. If I can just jump in, and they, they, these are my words, not yours. I just I get the feeling, you know, my, my first thought when I hear those words is that's going to be a bunch of crap, a whole bunch of useless crap, a whole bunch of money is going to get spent. It's not going to help the environment in any way. People are going to get rich. We're not going to use less fossil fuel, but back Cylindra. to you. But back to you, Sarah. Cylindra, right. Cylindra is what comes to mind, right? That's often been the case is that it's been a boondoggle for technology that has not yet succeeded on the free market that is not ready for mass production and doesn't impact climate change in any meaningful way. So you have the climate piece of it. The Democrats are really excited about. There's uh, an increase in the corporate minimum tax that will actually be an interesting component because uh, Senator Kirsten Sinema out West has repeatedly said she does not support raising taxes on businesses in any form. And her opposition to tax increases has been part of what prevented Democrats from moving forward on a bill like this before. Even though Manchin, you know, has opposed a whole host of other things, she's been standing against corporate tax increases. So it'll be interesting to see if she's going to shift her stance now because she doesn't want to be the one in the hot seat like Manchin has been. You also have some uh, pharmaceutical company reforms that allows Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices with the pharmaceutical companies. The government thinks that'll help lower prescription drug prices for seniors. So it's sort of a grab bag of some of the stuff that Democrats wanted and build back better. It's nowhere near as ambitious, but it does in a lot of areas dump money into the economy at a time when it's already overheated. And that's obviously going to be the line that Republicans use against it. Yeah, I just saw one item that it was I think it was 60 billion dollars given to disadvantaged neighborhoods who have been disproportionately Fortunately, affected by climate change or something like that, which uh, having grown up in Chicago with the corrupt, corrupt money handout system they have there, I know a slush fund when I see one. Just just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Just unbelievable. um, When I hear the biggest investment in climate change fighting ever, I just I want to hold on to my wallet. Maybe I'm too cynical, but I doubt it. So now, because this is a budget reconciliation bill, the filibuster does not factor in, correct? And it will probably pass the House. So don't need any Republicans, correct? No Republicans will be needed. But the interesting thing is they are going to need all 50 Democrats so they can use uh, Senator uh, Vice President Kamala Harris as a tiebreaker. But one issue for Democrats right now in terms of the timing is that uh, their members keep getting COVID. I mean, I believe Senator Dick Durbin is the latest to be out for at least a week because of COVID. So we can't physically be there. The Senate, unlike the House, does not have proxy voting. So everybody has to physically be there. So their plans keep getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back because members are out with COVID. And so even though all the details of the bill seem to have been hammered out, they might not be able to get it done before August recess, which pushes this into September because of the COVID outbreak that Washington is experiencing. All right, Sarah, I'm going to ask you to not listen to the next few sentences. This is private to Jack. (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) The Republicans have to send people into the Capitol to cough. That's that's stupid that they're still holding on to the you got to be there to vote. That's that's a vestige of the 1800s. But whatever, that's a different topic. Um, uh, Sarah Westwood, investigative reporter of the Washington Examiner, is on the line. And do you want to touch on the giant chip? Yeah, I suppose we should before we run out of time. So what's the big deal on the on, on the chip bill? Why is this big? Well, the chip bill would offer subsidies to uh, semiconductor manufacturing here in the U.S. to sort of bolster the U.S. competitiveness against China, who's also a big 
manufacturer of semiconductor. And uh, these are chips that are used in basically all kinds of technology that we use. So it's an important bill, but there were also deficit concerns, inflationary concerns, because anytime you're talking about a subsidy or a handout to an industry, you're talking about the government dumping money into an economy that's already, you know, struggling too many dollars chasing too few goods and uh, the politics of the chips bill were also sort of surrounded in controversy i think because of paul pelosi nancy pelosi's husband making some pretty lucrative trades in the semiconductor industry and stock market so there was a lot of sort of scandal involved in this bill and regardless i think it's going to have a hard time uh, getting through the House if all the Republicans are going to vote against it. But, you know, if, if, if Nancy Pelosi can get keep all of her Democrats in line to support it, then, you know, there's a good chance that it, that it does become law. And if Republicans are going to be really unhappy about that. So the Republicans, all the Republicans are against the chip bill also. Well, leadership is, is whipping against it, which means leadership has sent out memos to all the, the hundreds of uh, GOP members and said the official position of the conference is that we would like you to vote against this. Now, they don't do this for every bill. Sometimes they don't whip against things. They let members vote their conscience, as they say. But this is an instance when Hilarious, uh, Kevin McCarthy, they have a conscience. Says, yeah. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy <laughs> is saying, we would like you to vote against this bill. That doesn't mean everyone will toe the line, but most will. But is that as a leverage against the Build Back Better light? Or is that because they actually are against the chip bill? I think it's the former. You know, I think there was a good chance this was on its way to passage beforehand. It had bipartisan support. Okay, so it did have Republican support. I just want to make sure I understand that. So it had Republican support outside of the whole using it as leverage. Right. All right. Yeah, there was pretty solid bipartisan support. I mean, it was not uncontroversial, but Sarah Westwood of the Examiner on the line, in the few seconds we have left, Sarah, could you give us the brief list of government programs that have been cut to help pay for the giant new one? I'm glad we only have a few seconds because that's the short answer. Hey, you are you are you are really good at your job, and most, love you, most, sir. Most people oh, aren't. I'm not. Most people are not good at their jobs, but you are really good at your job. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, Thanks a million. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, oh, guys. You're terrific. Thanks. Bye bye. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick. And hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 